podcast series, we'll be speaking to industry leaders from various business verticals and understand their approach towards marketing and growth. We'll be focusing on key aspects like customer acquisition, retention, engagement, personalization, among others, and provide key insights to our community of marketers and product owners. This is your opportunity to learn and emulate these learnings in your campaigns and marketing initiatives to churn exceptional results. Over 55% of retail shoppers think loyalty rewards are the most valuable aspect of their retail shopping experience, with 77% saying a good loyalty program would make them want to stay with the brand. In fact, 63% of consumers say that they are willing to change their spending habits to get the most out of a loyalty program. It should therefore come as no surprise that in 2021 alone, 90% of businesses said expanding their loyalty program was a priority. However, most don't fully understand how they add value to their business. Loyalty is an important yet elusive trait to find among consumers. For brands, it equates to increased sales and a consistent advantage against competitors. The days when simple loyalty programs were enough to catch a customer's attention are long gone. Now only the best customer loyalty programs stand out. Welcome to Hash Growth Maestros by MoEngage, and in today's episode, we'll focus on providing insights around omnichannel loyalty program, how to create one from scratch, along with use cases and real-world examples. Joining us today, we have Cody Craft, who handles global technology partnership at Talent One. Talent One is a leading promotion engine for e-businesses operating all around the world with contacts in relevant time zones and secure cloud servers on every continent. Talent One provides customers with 24/7 support, personalized onboarding, and ongoing consultation. Welcome to Hash Growth Maestros, Corey. How have you been doing? Doing really well. Yeah, thanks. Happy to be here. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I oversee Talent One's global tech partner program. So excited to talk about building a loyalty program in uh, in 20 minutes today. Awesome. Awesome. Before we get started, Corey, would you like to describe something about yourself for our listeners today? Any interesting use cases that you have resolved in the past in your business or anything of that sort that you would like our audiences to know? Yeah, so for me personally, um, I've, I've been at Talent One for about the last eight months. Um, I spent the first 13 years of my career um, in direct sales uh, at SaaS companies, mostly focused on e-commerce and uh, retail in the mid-market and enterprise segments. So um, I've been around a lot of retail and e-commerce use cases and touching on, on things like promotions and loyalty and kind of developing an understanding of the challenges uh, that, that go along with that. So was excited to come on board um, and, and join Talent One in a partnerships capacity. And, and um, what we've really been focusing on the last uh, eight months or so since I've been here is expanding um, the, the breadth of our integrations to things like e-commerce platforms, customer data platforms. So uh, in addition to the uh, engagement integrations with platforms like MoEngage, uh, we can really provide that kind of full stack coverage that allows retailers and uh, merchants and our customers to take advantage of all data points and activation channels that they have available and really easily orchestrate some very nuanced and personalized uh, promotions and loyalty strategies. Absolutely. I think personalization is a big aspect of uh, today's consumer businesses across the world, across verticals. Um, and like you mentioned, I think the partnership with Talent One, in fact, has seen some of our customers deliver really amazing loyalty programs. And we'd love to talk about that. But before we get down to the brass tacks, uh, let's break down what an omnichannel loyalty program uh, means and how to go about it. Um, and and the need for a loyalty program in the first place. So what are your thoughts on customers willing to repurchase or spend more on brands or offerings that personalize their experience to loyalty programs? Yeah, so research that we've looked at um, would suggest that 
about 78%, close to 80% of customers today prefer to return to a business that personalizes their experience. So I think to your point about personalization just being so important, it's really become table stakes, I think, for retailers and, and merchants. Uh, customers expect their experience not only to be personalized, but personalized in unique ways. And a lot of the uh, traditional structures for loyalty programs, traditional strategies for promotions, um, really aren't enough to surprise and delight customers today. So it's important to be as personalized and creative and um, innovative as possible with your program. Absolutely. I think 78% is a quite a big number. Um, and in fact, personalizing the end consumer experience is something that consumer brands have been prioritizing for quite some time now. But what do you think has changed and what kind of evolution in personalized shopping experience have you seen um, in your day to day? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think that a lot of where we are today is has been driven by Amazon and their impact on the overall consumer experience uh, as it pertains certainly to e-commerce. I think this has sort of started to trickle down into the omni-channel and, and in-person brick and mortar um, experience. But um, Amazon in their early growth years, you know, they, they really uh, pioneered kind of the, the modern personalized shopping experience. Um, everything from the you know, surfacing the right products, uh, leveraging search effectively, um, to providing that sort of premium prime experience, right, with faster shipping, exclusive deals, exclusive products, things like that. So um, I think that they've kind of pioneered this, but they've also raised the bar in terms of what is considered, again, table stakes. So now, rather than being something that sets a business apart, uh, having personalization, having a loyalty program, uh, it's it's really become something you you need to have so that you don't fall behind. And then that's the new uh, the new floor that you're starting from. So having a loyalty program is just not enough. Anyone can do kind of the gold, silver, bronze, basic tiering points-based loyalty program. That's really not enough to, uh, to differentiate today. Um, but personalization, it, it can be as simple as just showing a, a personalized welcome back message when someone returns to the site, um, you know, displaying their, their names and emails. We've been doing this for two decades at this point, this type of personalization. Uh, but it can go much, much deeper with a personalized loyalty program that offers things like special discounts on, on relevant items for that particular consumer, exclusive offers, or even things like early access to new products or collections that are based on that, again, that specific customer's prior interaction with the brand. Absolutely, absolutely. I think one key takeaway, if there is one um, in what you mentioned, is that personalized experiences are no longer a must-have. It is, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it is something that is very much a priority to set your brand apart. Um, I think, in fact, um, if if you look at the new data reports and the um, and the insights, it points towards the fact that customers are, in fact, willing to change their habits and spending patterns to get the most out of a loyalty program. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And on, on that note, is there any uh, particular brand or is there any particular example that comes to mind um, who have been doing a great job in personalizing their loyalty programs? Yeah, um, we can definitely go through a few concrete examples. I, our data would suggest that it's somewhere around 63% of customers that will actually change their habits and, and purchasing behavior if they get rewards or incentives from a loyalty scheme or, or strategy that they're a member of. So um, when you start thinking about that, it's, it's a, a successful loyalty program will only work if there's great data sources to, to determine you know, what types of incentives at what stage of the customer journey do 
we need to be setting up and, and implementing. Um, we want to understand the behavior of our most engaged members, not just at the point of purchase, but throughout their their experience with the brands so every stage of the customer journey again. And that's all about having access to data and a good way to activate it. Um, so we also want to understand, you know, is this a customer that needs a discount? Is it a customer that does not need a discount? Maybe would be a good avenue for uh, referral codes, for instance. So loyalty programs, and when we think about loyalty in a broad sense of encompassing, not just kind of the point-based tiered structure that folks are, are accustomed to, but any aspect of pricing incentives and rewards, they exist to incentivize, beha incentivize behavior that um, motivates uh, the right actions and, and the, right, um, the right engagement at the right stage. And so it also, another important part of that is um, that merchants need to be able to react immediately as market conditions and buying behavior changes. And so this really needs to be something that they can implement in real time. Absolutely. Now that brings up to the point of uh, discussing the elephant in the room, which is omnichannel loyalty programs. Um, now, like you like you mentioned uh, earlier, that it is kind of an inevitability, or it's kind of a thing that is absolute and necessity at this point. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the omnichannel loyalty programs? What kind of channels can folks look into, and how do you go about building it? Uh, so, we are basically at the part of you know covering the entire omnichannel program in twenty minutes. So, we have spent quite some time, but let's discuss about the uh, the 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 base. Uh, the basic facts behind creating that omnichannel loyalty program. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I think omnichannel, the implementation of an omnichannel strategy is, um, as your listeners probably are well aware, it, it's going to vary widely depending on the business, the vertical, the scale, uh, the geography. Um, so there's a lot of things to consider. I think it ultimately comes down to data. Um, we have some data points uh, as we've looked into this that should be very compelling for um, you know leaders at at retail organizations. So um, I'll run through a few of them. So we found that about ninety percent, it's eighty nine percent actually higher customer retention rates among retailers that have a well designed omnichannel strategy. So that's incredibly compelling, and I think that's why omnichannel is such a buzzword right now, and why. Uh, uh, organizations are are really looking at at how they can leverage technology and data to to optimize their omnichannel strategy. Um, we also found though that seventy three percent of customers actually say they prefer shopping through multiple channels. So that's kind of an interesting one because in some ways it's counterintuitive, right? Um, we, we would like to think that simple is best, but that's actually not what the uh, the, the data show. If you look at customer behavior, they like to interact with a brand on the website, on the mobile app, in the brick and mortar store. Um, so this is something, this, this multi-touch point omni-channel experience is something that consumers are actively seeking. Uh, so it's really important to make sure that, that it's, uh, it's a good experience for them as they're interacting with the brand through those different channels. Um, a couple other uh, points to look at. Um, uh, one, of the, uh, one that I find very interesting is 48% of online shoppers actually share information in order to get personalized offers. So we talk a lot about activating data once you have it, activating data to drive personalization and personalized offers. Another really important point is this goes the other way. When you start implementing um, deeply personalized incentives and rewards, that actually drives up to three times the uh, three, three X data points that you can then personalize on. So there's really a flywheel effect there the more data you have, the more you can personalize the experience, and the more you personalize the experience, the more nuanced and, and detailed your user data becomes, and then you can further refine your program from there. Um, 
the last one I thought was really interesting for this conversation is that 85% of digital customers actually start the purchasing journey workflow on one device and then finish it on another. So again, whether it's mobile, digital, uh, in-store, you really need to make sure that their experience of interacting with the brand and with your incentive programs, right? Your discounts, promotions, loyalty, referral programs, that that is a uniform and smooth and seamless experience, no matter where and when they are interacting with the brand across these various channels. Ultimately, if you have a good omni-channel loyalty program, it's gonna get you more repeat customers and those customers are gonna have a higher lifetime value, higher uh, average order at value, higher repeat purchase rate, et cetera. Absolutely. I think um, this this just goes on to show the um, the powerful level that loyalty program can act in influencing customer behavior. I think very well explained. Um, but is there like a best practice or a list of things that you can get started with? Yeah, so uh, we have a pretty simple framework that I think you can break this down to. It sounds complex, uh, can be complex in its implementation, but in terms of thinking about it, as a, a simple kind of three-step structure that I think retailers really need to, to be thinking in terms of. So the first is simply what is your objective? Uh, that sounds fairly intuitive, but if you think about it, there's a lot of different behaviors that you can be looking to drive with the loyalty program. Uh, we can talk about some of those in some specific examples in a minute here, but what is your objective with the loyalty program? Are you looking to drive more frequent purchases, larger purchases? Are you looking to drive acquisition of new customers through referrals? Um, you know, what, what ultimately is the goal? Because that's going to inform what types of incentives you offer and when you surface those incentives to the customer. Um, the second, which is really important, is what data do you actually have available and do you have the right infrastructure in place to actually activate that data uh, as, in terms of uh, how you structure your loyalty program or uh, build out your promotions or, or discounts or referral program. Um, and then again, kind of leading into that, what data can my tech stack actually handle uh, in terms of feeding that through to the activation and the customer experience? Um, a lot of times you see what on paper look like very sophisticated, very large scale retailers. They might run eight or 10 promotions organizationally across the entire organization. And that's because it's a huge technical challenge to actually implement new promotions because those rule sets have to be hard coded into various different business applications. It's a big effort for the IT organization and it can take months to deploy a new campaign. So that's part of why Talent One exists is to enable the marketer to just stack simple rules to build that out uh, in a way that um, doesn't require that IT involvement. But uh, what we see with our, our more sophisticated clients that have, have really deeply adopted Talent One is that they take this framework and they look at our documentation, they look at what's possible within Talent One, and they actually say, okay, what data points do we have? What user data, product data, session data can actually be passed through the API to Talent One? And how can we build out our rule sets based on, on that data to drive really um, personalized promotions? Um, so they think of ways they can use that and they're able to experiment and iterate on it really quickly. So an example, like let's imagine we want to increase customer retention rate. That's our primary KPI as a marketer that we're, we're uh, targeting. So we look through the information we have available. Uh, we find we're already storing customer birthdays and we can very easily pass that from a CDP integration directly into Talent One. Uh, so what we can do is we can take that, set that 
as a condition in Talon 1, and then assign them some sort of reward. Maybe it's something as simple as a single-use coupon. And then through our integration with MoEngage, we can then surface that promotional effect and then deliver the message uh, through to MoEngage, and then that's sent out uh, via you know the channel orchestration, the messaging, the content is all all handled through the, the MoEngage platform with Talon 1 saying, hey, here's the specific personalized promotional effect that needs to be included in that in that communication with the customer. Absolutely. I think you just nailed it with all of these uh, references and the kind of insights that you have drawn. Is there any example that you can share with our listeners today to better illustrate your point? Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think uh, FinTech is actually a, a good example to start with. So um, we have a, a large customer in the FinTech space. Um, you know, there was a time not too long ago when all a customer kind of expected from their bank was, hey, store store my cash and give me some way to spend and withdraw it, period, simple. Uh, but then we've get, gotten a lot of these challenger banks and other fintech uh, uh, startups that have kind of showed that finance can actually be really fast. It can be mobile friendly. It can be consumer friendly. It can be affordable. Um, and there's a lot of competition in this space to optimize that experience. The The problem is that a lot of fintech companies have um, what are called known customer or know your customer um, obligations. It's not really important the details of that. What is important is that uh, it necessitates a pretty uh, deep onboarding process for a lot of their customers, and that can contribute to a lot of early churn. Um, so we have a, a large customer that uh, kind of took the loyalty program and the uh, the capabilities to Talent One and brought it to bear on this particular problem of early churn during onboarding. So what they did is they actually decided to start awarding loyalty points for completing each stage of this onboarding journey with higher rewards, so maybe 20 points versus 10 points for completing what they know are the onboarding steps that lead to the highest amount of drop-off. And that led to a, a really, really dramatic increase in the number of customers that actually complete onboarding because they're incentivized to do so. And then the second that they finish onboarding and become an active customer, they already have a bank of redeemable loyalty points that, that encourages them and gives them a, an easy way to immediately start engaging with, with the brand. So um, this is a good example of how you can leverage uh, loyalty and promotions um, in an earlier stage of the customer journey, not just at the point of the, of the final transaction. So they really used it to make an upfront investment in getting customers past a key churn point during onboarding, um, and that's the ROI on that for them has been has been very significant. So that's one example in fintech. Um, uh, I think another one uh, would be a customer of ours in the uh, food and beverage space. So um, gamification is is such a buzzword right now. I think that uh, the gamification market uh, is forecasted to grow to somewhere north of thirty billion by the end of twenty twenty five. So um, that's a about an annual increase of around 30%, um, 27.5% or so. Uh, so the uh, North America is a, a huge market for this, I think driven by the, the massive mobile user base here. Um, and gamification is a key trend in loyalty. Lots of um, companies want to incorporate some aspect of gamification into their loyalty programs. Um, the problem is it's hard to do because gamification can sound simple, but there's a lot of rule sets, a lot of data, and it has to be very real time. So that creates a big infrastructure problem uh, for implementing a lot of gamification strategies. So one of our customers, which is a company called Flash Coffee, 
um, over in APAC, uh, they decided they wanted to gamify their app and allow customers to build up streaks uh, and earn free drinks and earn badges and uh, reach different milestones for essentially becoming a frequent buyer, daily buyer of, um, of coffee drinks uh, at Flash Coffee. So uh, one example of what they're doing is if you order a drink seven days in a row, you get a reward. Um, as you gain more rewards, you also in, uh, move up in the tiers of their loyalty program. So they have this kind of combination of event-based incentives and a tiered points-based structure to their loyalty program. And so what that allows them to do is to progressively reward their most loyal customers with bigger and bigger incentives, which drives you know further engagement with the uh, the gamification aspect of it. So that's that's also been extremely successful for for Flash Coffee. These are excellent examples, Corey. I think uh, these provide very detailed insights into how um, how one can incentivize uh, step completions within the app and gamify the experience, like you have already mentioned, which in turn will improve stickiness and reduce churn and ultimately boost business growth. Um, what what is an appropriate stage in the customer lifecycle to start running this loyalty programs? Would you say? That's a, that's a really good question. So, and I think uh, what we've kind of been coming back to and touching on throughout the conversation um, is that. Uh, incentives and rewards can and should be leveraged at every stage of the customer lifecycle. And there's different behaviors at every stage of the cycle, whether it's you're talking about acquisition, gaining a new customer, uh, maybe addressing churn uh, or driving you know, purchase rate um, or average order value. Um, it's all going to require different incentives at different stages. And those are also going to vary by customer. So one example uh, that we talked about or touched on earlier is not every customer needs a discount, right? Uh, loyal customers with high average order value, high lifetime value, um, high repeat purchase rate, they don't necessarily need a discount um, to continue to drive that behavior. Uh, what they might uh, respond to is an opportunity to earn double loyalty points uh, if they refer new customers. Right, give them a referral code and tell them that they'll get double loyalty points if a, a new customer signs up using that code. Um, so it's about the right incentive for the right person at the right stage. And we kind of call this the reward everything mindset at Talon One. Um, so by combining platforms like Mo Engage and Talon One, you have a best in class loyalty infrastructure and you have best-in-class customer engagement solution. Uh, and it's really kind of a, a perfect match where you can implement enterprise level gamification, um, you know, enterprise level uh, uh, sophistication in your loyalty program, referral program, uh, but you can do it uh, with the marketer orchestrating all of this themselves. Just again, stacking really simple rules within Talent One, not relying on the IT organization to implement the program um, or being dependent on the IT roadmap to uh, roll out or implement new promotions. Absolutely. I think that kind of brings me to one question, which I think our uh, listeners will be keen about as well. Uh, apart from the examples that you mentioned of Flash Coffee and the fintech brand, um, is there any particular app that comes to your mind who has been doing amazingly in terms of their loyalty program, if there is any that you have been using? Um, and uh, if you can tell us what you liked about it. Yeah, um, I would encourage people to check out Built Rewards, uh, one of our customers. So I really think they're they're one of the most innovative companies in the space in terms of their uh, their program is is multifaceted. It's personalized. 
Um, it's it's complex, but um, you know, they're it's very smooth. And um, I would just encourage people to get on and check that out. We also have um, we've uh, done a lot of content in collaboration with Built Rewards. They're a great customer. Um, so you can check a lot of that out on our website and our, our LinkedIn page if you want to find the details. But I think the key is, is that the most, um, the, mo the best loyalty programs today are, are not one size fits all. They're not basic in their structure. Again, anyone can do gold, silver, bronze, and award points that can be redeemed for some cash value. That is table stakes, Everyone should be doing that as a baseline. But how are you working in things like referrals, like gamification? Um, how are you leveraging customer data that's available to you to make sure that that offer, that coupon, uh, whatever it is that surfaced to the customer is deeply personal, um, is tied to the products, the brands that they've engaged with in the past, the channel, that they prefer to use when engaging with your brand, so that they really they really feel that that's that's an offer that's personal to them, and not just again like here's a coupon for a site wide ten percent off discount. That kind of thing is easy to do, uh, but sending me something as a consumer that really makes me feel like wow, this brand is really paying attention and knows exactly what I want. Um, that's what's hard. Um, ultimately, it's an infrastructure problem, and that's that's at the end of the day what what Talon One exists to solve. Absolutely. I think thanks for sharing that example. And um, I think our listeners can obviously uh, benefit a lot uh, because most of our listeners are from the marketing background, are from the growth background, and they would love to take a stab at this and look at some of the examples, real world use cases like you have mentioned as well. Um, now, in terms of uh, the go-to learning resources, uh, do you have like a couple of podcasts or uh, people on uh, on Twitter or on LinkedIn that you follow, especially in the in, in, in the field of loyalty, in the field of marketing? A couple of folks that you can mention our listeners could check out as well. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, uh, I'll do sort of a, a selfish plug here. So our our own um, Talon One's uh, Sam Panzer. So Sam is uh, on our you know, customer success organization and, and works with some of our largest and most strategic customers. Sam does a lot of great content uh, breaking down uh, customers' loyalty programs and general concepts in loyalty. Um, so I would, I would definitely follow him. Um, I think generally speaking, uh, there's a lot of folks that you can uh, you can follow uh, in kind of the overall composable um, composable uh, customer experience uh, space. Um, Thomas Mulreed at at Orium in uh, it does a lot of great content on customer experience and, and composable commerce uh, that I, I think is a great great person for for people to follow. Uh, but I would I would check out in terms of our own sort of loyalty content. I would I would check out Sam's LinkedIn feed and just follow Town One um, on on LinkedIn. We do a lot of uh, collaborative webinars, um, white papers, eBooks with a lot of our customers in the or partners in the uh, engagement. Uh, data and e-commerce space. So there's a lot of a lot of great content there. Absolutely. Thank you so much uh, for that. I think uh, we'll be leaving a link to Talent One um, uh, in, in in the show notes as well for our listeners to go and check out. Uh, before we call it a day, Corey, um, there's something uh, fun that we like to do, uh, which is if you had to imagine customer loyalty as a superhero, right, or a superpower. Um, what would that be? And before we go there, are you um, are you a big fan of superheroes or comic books in general, or um, is it something that not so much interested in? <laughs> no, uh, I'm very interested in both uh, personally for myself. I also have two uh, two little boys uh, who are six and three, awesome. and uh, just getting into 
into superheroes themselves. So yes, it's a, I have superheroes all over my house. Awesome. So are you a DC Comics man or are you a Marvel Comics uh, man? I, I'm more of a Marvel man, but I think your question is really interesting because the um, in terms of thinking of a loyalty program or promotions program as a superhero, I uh, the first um, first superhero that came to mind for me when you said that was actually Batman. So I'm going to go with a, a DC hero here. Um, I think the, the reason I think that is because um, you know a loyalty program ultimately um, is something that that takes creativity and the right tools. And if you think about Batman, one of the things that makes him so compelling is he's just a normal guy, right? He's he he doesn't have superpowers. He you know wasn't birthed inside a star or something like that. Um, he, it's just about his his creativity, his resources, and his uh, his tools that he uses that that really make him so effective. And I think that that is one hundred percent true for a marketer or a marketing team that's uh, building out a modern omni-channel loyalty program. It's really um, it's about do you have the right infrastructure and do you have the right tools and resources to uh, take your your ideas and and give them form and make them actually usable in the real world and in a way that makes you uh, adaptable and and effective. So I'm I think I'm going to go with Batman on that one. Awesome, the Dark Knight Strikes again. Uh, <laughs> being being a Marvel fan, you could have easily chosen uh, Iron Man as well. But uh, I, I, I could have. I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I love it's the fact true. that you. I love the fact that you went with DC, so that makes the DC fan in me very happy. Um, awesome. Thank you so much, Corey, for joining us today and sharing such deeper level insights on personalizing the shopping experience across the customer lifecycle and providing us with a step-by-step -step process on building a customer loyalty program that too in under almost 20 minutes. Um, that will work for consumer brands across the different verticals. I'm sure our listeners can take away the learnings and emulate the in in, into their day-to-day -day campaigns. Um, thank you so much again. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. It was a very enjoyable and insightful session for me um, and for our listeners as well, I'm sure. Um, we'd love to have you sometime back um, uh, on, on, on maybe discussing on something around loyalty programs in the future as well. But thank you so much, Corey, for taking the time out and uh, walking us through such amazing insights. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, listeners. Um, we'll, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you.